Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. we are luna of course yeah we're gonna be back see i told you don't worry luna don't worry you don't have to file an appointment we're good yes welcome back to the omega particle the long lost starfleet podcast is back my friends you're like geez brother you went on a two-week hiatus for your first son's birth and now all of a sudden you've gone for like another two weeks two three weeks what's what's going on with this guy well i'll tell you what's going on with me I am doing a lot in my life. I just started a completely new position, fully remote. It is an absolute godsend. I am ex- super excited. They are a great company. And um, yeah, it's just an awesome thing to get plugged into. And so I've been really devoted to work the past couple of weeks and trying to figure out this new schedule. And it's just, and I'm an accountant by day. So it's Oh boy, it is tough to to balance all of that and try to raise a son and do a podcast all at the same time. But I think we've I think we got the schedule down now, and it's going to be great. We're going to continue the Klingon series, but just to show how deeply, deeply troubled this Anchorman is, I'm going to announce that we're going to do a new thing with OPP. That's right, you know me. It's OPP. We're going to bring in some of my closest and most treasured family, friends at our family, and we're going to talk about Trek and maybe just a TNG episode or a movie. We're still trying to figure out the dynamics behind it, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And I originally wanted to bring my wife on, but we we only have like one mic and we're trying to figure out all the logistics of it. And she's a... It was just, yeah, it was, it was very tough. And I was like, I don't really want to sink any more money into this endeavor. However, we will get it on at some point for Lower Decks Review, which is what we're covering today. I'm excited. It's going to be kind of a jam-packed buffet episode. Still relax fit. So we got our sweatpants on and we're just having some fun. Uh, today, I don't have a cigar. I'm trying to cut back because I don't want to die. And I just have simple root beer. I'm a simple man, like Miles O'Brien. Speaking of O'Brien, <laughs> I have a very close one of those family members that are coming on to do a show with me soon. Uh, he's dating a girl, and her last name's O'Brien. So every time I talk to him, I'm like, how's O'Brien doing? Because I think of Miles O'Brien and Keiko and Molly. and just, Yeah, so... I'm sure he's tired of that. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm just excited to be here. It's such a great feeling to be back behind the microphone talking to you guys, streaming all over the world. Um, I love you guys, and, and thank you for remaining faithful throughout this uh, tumultuous time in my life and getting everything kind of centered and back at it. So Because I didn't want to give half uh, my effort on any episode or in anything and just kind of squeak it out content's what's important to me i wanted to give you the best quality content here at opp no matter what so today we're going to cover a little bit of news just a little bit of news and we're going to do a little bit of um 
I think three episodes of Lower Decks. And I think I'm going to do, speaking of schedule, every other week, do a Lower Decks because they're like 22 minutes long. And I, I listen to some Star Trek podcasts and people stretch this out to an hour, an hour and 10. I'm like, man, kind of beating a dead horse here. I'm like, <laughs> we got we got stuff to do. We got busy, busy lives. Before we get into all that, I want to say thank you so much for all your support. Let's get on to this Lower Decks review and news episode. So, like I said at the beginning, we're not going to be covering the episode that came out last Thursday, Cupid's Errant Arrow? Errant Arrow? I don't know. I went to public school in Kentucky, so don't fault me for my mispronunciation. Anyway, um, we're just going to be covering episode two through four today on Lower Decks. But before we do that, we're going to have some fun little news stories. (laughs) We're going to be delivering that because, after all, I am the Doctor of Dilithium, the anchorman of the Federation. And fun, I, I bet everyone knows what I'm about to say. My first story, top, top story. And like Indiana Jones, top men. So we are on the on the precipice of our very first Star Trek day. And I think it's, it's going to become an annual celebration of the day Gene Roddenberry and TOS first aired back all the way in the 1960s. And it's going to have a really cool 24-7 schedule. So they're going to have a marathon. I think it's StarTrek.com or um, StarTrekDay.com, one of the two. And, and you just go and you're going to have these marathon episodes like lasting literally all day except for when the panels come on in the afternoon. It's going to be cool. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm actually about to go on a little getaway vacation. And <laughs> Don't worry. I have... Um, be releasing the Klingon episode this week. So hold your pants, everybody. I've got it down. And so we're going glamping. So we have like really barely any like cell phone reception. It's going to be in the woods. However, I will still try to see if I can catch a peek and hopefully have enough strong signal to watch some of the marathon episodes with people. Maybe we'll do a live tweet sometimes. I think that would just be fun to do. Um, Yeah. So anyway, I just want to say that Star Trek Day is coming up. It's September. September 8th, that Tuesday. It's September 8th, that Tuesday. So definitely check it out. Um, I'm sure you guys are already aware of that, but it's it seems to be a really neat concept. Now, I always love the idea of doing these all-nighter marathons, and I don't know why. It's just kind of a nostalgic thing to me to be a part of that because it's like other people are doing it and experiencing it. So it's like this camaraderie, and I'm going to be all for it. I think you guys should too. But also, a little bit of the other news um, kind of concerning news that came out about Picard is that apparently, um, I'm sure you guys know that Picard is nominated for all of these Emmys in television. I think there are five Emmys and a lot of them to do with makeup and sound editing and things like that, but no real like best drama or any like heavy, heavy categories. Not to demean those other ones. I'm just saying like they're not the big heavy hitters you think of. Even though they're nominated for these Emmys, the problem is is that according to this is this is a real website, folks. This is maybe it's fake news, but they seem legitimate. It's called from Giant Freaking Robot, making sure that wasn't the F word. Giant Freaking Robot reported that Picard actually lost fifty percent of its viewership 
between episode one and episode 10. Now that is concerning on several, several levels to me. CBS All Access does not release the United States viewership numbers to the public. However, they do release them for Canada. And this is where Giant Freaking Robot is basing these 50% down in viewership because that's exactly what happened in Canada. And so that's concerning because even though it's Canada, it may be a different market, still 50%. I mean, even if it's half, it's still losing 25% of your audience between episode one and episode 10. Like, that's still a lot. So even if it's half true for the United States, that's still a lot. And I mean, now there's rumors going around and circulating that Patrick Stewart is not really happy on Picard and the direction Picard went. And major spoiler alert, just hit that uh, fast forward 15 seconds or 30 seconds button if you haven't finished Picard, is that he's not happy about playing a freaking robot. That is Picard, but kind of robot. And so I completely understand his logic, but there's rumors that he's kind of murmuring and he's not really happy and he's not being really listened to when it comes to how the show is ran. We already know season two has been greenlit and we know that in order for season three to be a go, numbers have to improve. And why do numbers have to improve? Because you have your main star complaining about it and the concept of the show. And it's a super high production cost. So you have, you have your main guy complaining and then you have these exuberant production costs. So the show's costing a lot of money, not a lot of viewers, not a lot of ads. So you're not really making anything up and you're losing money on this. And there's a potential, could be on the chopping block, people. So wake up and watch it. (laughs) If you haven't already, it is great. I enjoyed it immensely. And um, I think you would too. So moving on, just to kind of be like, oh, crap. (laughs) I think it'll be fine. I think season two will definitely pick up and I think with the addition of seven and maybe exploring her a little bit and tapping into that Star Trek nostalgia, I think that would be smart for them to do. Um, they kind of did that with data a little bit, but, um, is really focused on Dodge and I really wish they would just kind of switch it back to Picard and to TNG folks. Anyway, on some good news, switching from Picard, some good Star Trek TV news is that according to Alex Kurtzman, which if you don't know who Alex Kurtzman is, he is the grand poobah of executive producers in Star Trek right now on CBS All Access. And we have a new show coming out, which I know you all know about, Strange New Worlds. It's going to cover the Enterprise with Pike as the captain. It it picks up right where Enterprise Season 2 left off. And that's exciting because we get to kind of see this fresh new young crew of the Enterprise and... Kurtzman said that Strange New Worlds is going to become what we're used to, an original series type of um, platform and kind of structure. They're going to have Planet of the Week. They're going to have Monsters of the Week. And it's going it's not really going to be super serialized. It's just going to be bam, 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 bam. And maybe an overarching serialization throughout the season, but nothing like what we've come to experience with the quote-unquote new Trek So I think that'll be good. Um, It's going to just be a kind of return to form, which I think is needed because I think if it's all super serious, super um, serialized, it's not going to be a lot of fun. 
And that's the best thing about Trek is like right now we have lower decks, which of course is the comedy relief of our genre. And then now we're going to have kind of return to form with new world. Yeah. There's going to, and also Kurtzman said it's going to be a 10 episode season. So that's all we're going to do for the news is some major news that are coming out and update on Star Trek TV. Cause that's really all the news that's it that's going on right now. Um, it's not like we're in a pandemic or anything. Anyway, um, we're going to move right into the lower decks reviews. And for these reviews, like normally I would just cover like, okay, this is a story. This is what happens. And I'm not going to do that this time. I'm just going to just, I like this episode. I didn't like this episode. These were the high points. These were low points for me. So we can just kind of really talk about the substance of them. Since I know majority of you have seen them already. So the review for Envoys, which is the second episode is, I mean, I enjoyed it. It had a, my first impression was that it was a pretty good rhythm to the show. Didn't feel like all packed in like the very first episode, which is super common no matter what you watch. Like me and my wife just started Schitt's Creek and um, that that's what happens. It's, it's like the first episode is like, all right, get everything in, do everything you need to do to like establish the world and the characters. And they did that in Lower Decks episode one. And now it's kind of like, okay, we can kind of see what this show is going to be about and how is it going to flow and what's it going to deliver on. First off, a completely aside, the episode starts with like this glowing orb and immediately made me think of that TNG episode where Troy gets pregnant and has this like orb baby like super fast. And I was like, oh no, someone's going to get pregnant. <laughs> and it was like, boom, that's how they're starting off the series. It's like bold strategy. See if it works out for him, Cotton. Also, like, besides that, um, I like how they kind of do poke fun of themselves. Like, nothing's really super sacred in the show. Um, for example, throughout all of Star Trek, you have, like, the captain always heroically saying, make it so, or hit it, things like that. And I love seeing Captain Freeman, like, walking down the corridor practicing. She's like, it's warp time. <laughs> and I was like, that first of all, that's a terrible um, catchphrases, you're going to warp. It's warp time. Like, I mean, what if we're going to impulse? Anyway, um, I like how they, nothing's super sacred and they're kind of not taking themselves too seriously. And I mean, they even do that with later on the planet, you see Jamal Haran and you see the, the wooden sex symbol statue from Riza. And funny fact is that, um, I don't know if you people know this, is that according to the traditional gifts <laughs> for marriage, um, me and my wife are about to celebrate our fifth year anniversary. And I was like, and the anniversary theme is wood for the fifth year. And I was like, that would be hilarious to get for like a bedside table nightstand is have this Jamaha Ra doll on the side. And so um, people come over and like, they'd be like, well, if you know, you know. Anyway, I don't know if I'm going to keep that in the episode. If it is, then yeah, it is. But anyway, um, so I like it's kind of have that physical humor and it has this overarching side and I thought it really kind of kept to itself. I really enjoyed that. It didn't try to be too much over the top funny or over the top quote unquote kitty. The situational plus the situational comedy of beaming down on the planet and trying to get General Cora and, and it was just good. Like there was plenty of time for Easter eggs and what I'm afraid of is that the show will just be nothing but that. Is that the plot will be weak 
and the characters won't be fleshed out. And they're going to try to make up for it and be like, here's DS9 or here's Quark or here's a Niners baseball uniform or it's just so many like random, like that's what I don't want it to be. It's like, don't use that as a cheap bailout of fan servicing. Like we do enjoy it. Yes. Please keep being, please keep it in there and keep giving it to us. Don't make it the whole substance. We want some meat and potatoes. Cake is good, but we need some meat and potatoes here, people. And that's what I'm afraid of what's happening. And kind of got that from my, the other two episodes that we'll cover. We'll go into a little bit more detail, but for the second episode, I thought it was very well done. Now let's move on. And if, again, always, if you disagree with me or agree, I would love to hear if you agree with me. That'd be great. <laughs> but if you disagree with me, you can always um, write me on Instagram at Omega Particle Podcast or on Twitter at Omega Particle underscore. And I'd be happy to talk with you guys again. Let's move on to episode three of Lower Decks. So this episode, Temporal Edict, they kind of teased me at the beginning and I didn't like it. They were like, all right, we're going to go to this peace mission with the Cardassians. And I was like, oh, this would be awesome. See the Cardassians after the Dominion War? No, we're going to go to Vulcan. And I was like, man, they really like pulled the bag over my head because I got all jazzed up about the Cardassians. And then now it's wet blanket time. Again, not just fan servicing. I want to hear some good actual meat, just not little plugs like that. But one of my biggest, and if it's hypocritical for me to say this, then just so be it. But one of my biggest pet peeves of this whole series so far is comes in this episode and Captain Freeman, after she gets the news that the Ceratos is going to go to Vulcan instead, and not Vulcan, I'm sorry, is going to go on this gift delivering mission instead of like going and dealing with the Cardassians. She starts trashing the ship while on the bridge. She's like, we're a joke. Nobody takes us seriously. This is awful. And to me, because I don't know if you knew this, I was an ROTC for four years. I was super close to getting into the Air Force Academy and did a lot of summer leadership training and courses like that throughout those four years in high school. And so one thing I always remembered and was taught is that if you are in a leadership position, never trash the organization or anything like that in front of subordinates. And since Starfleet is almost a quasi 24th century military, to me, I was like, this is super bad. And maybe because you're a terrible captain, you're doing this air dose. So I, that really irked me because it's one thing to have those feelings and convey that to your first officer in the privacy of the ready room. It's another thing to do that openly on the bridge in front of everyone to be like, they consider us jokes. Now I know it's a kid's show. And I know I said, don't take it so seriously and let's enjoy it. But that, that just irked me to no end. <laughs> anyway, one of the best things though, I mean, I mean, come on. Could you see Picard doing that? Could you see Cisco doing that? Could you see any of the greats doing that? Absolutely not. Like there's a difference between disagreeing with Starfleet headquarters and being rogue cowboy diplomacy. Another just running your mouth, being upset. I'm okay. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. So now we're going to move on to what I call the greatest piece of career advice I have ever gotten. And it comes from, of course, none other than Scotty himself. Also, fun fact about Scotty is that if you watch the original series episodes and even the movies, he actually, I think, he, yeah, he was Canadian and he stormed the beaches of Normandy 
in World War II. And during that, he got one of his fingers shot off. So throughout the whole original series and even the movies, they hide that part of his hand. Whether he's holding something, it's in his pocket, it's always not out in the open. So that's a little cool, fun fact about Scotty. And I didn't have that in my notes. I just was like, oh, yeah, duh, I remember that. Anyway, it's called... Scotty always says, and I think it was in a TNG episode when he um, visited LaForge, and he's like, look, look, man, you don't tell them how long it honestly will be. Okay, I'm probably going to cut that Scottish accent. Um, and it's true. He's like, you don't tell the captain how long it's going to be because babies and Starfleet captains all have the one thing in common. They want it now. And you always add some buffer time. So if it takes you really four hours, you tell them it takes you six hours, and then you're the miracle worker. And I loved how they just, like Rutherford and them, brought that up out of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's kind of cool that they're bringing this old trope of Star Trek back. And I don't even think it was mentioned that Scotty did this or he was credited for this, but they called it creative estimating, which when I worked in public accounting, I would have to do because in case you ran into any hiccups, because the job scheduling was so tight and we were so busy that it wouldn't give you any chance if there was an issue or a problem or the client had any reverb or balking. So we would always just have creative creative estimating back in public accounting. Luckily, I don't have to do that anymore. But yeah, it was just kind of crazy that this came back and I loved it. I explained it to my wife and she's like, that's genius. I was like, yep. <laughs> See all these cool things you get to learn when you watch Star Trek a lot? <laughs> so you have this, like, just covering the episode again. We're not going to go detail by detail. We have some, like, adult like humor jokes, like, he's got wood. And, like, um, there's some, like, oh, battle to the death. And some a little bit of, like, like cartoon gore, not, like, a lot or anything. But, and then it gets, like, kind of overly kitty back on the ship. And to me, I don't like that. It's to me, it needs to be one or the other. Is it going to be a kid show that features around Star Trek, or is it going to be this kind of Rick and Morty type of show that's more for adults that is immature sometimes, not kitty? And see, that's what I think they need to be more clear on pick what you're going to do. And I think they're trying to do the Rick and Morty type of adult humor with immaturity, but the immaturity is coming off as like kind of kitty and Nickelodeon E, even though I know there's Nickelodeon Star Trek coming, but I just think that they need to just be better about that. Be more clear on the direction and clear on the writing instead of this kind of juggling back and forth. Pick what you want to do. <laughs> anyway, um, I really, I, besides that, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was better. It's every week it's getting better and um, a little spoiler, I definitely think that about episode four, that it gets better. And first off, I have to say that it this episode provided the greatest, greatest thing ever is that it said Chief Miles O'Brien, I know I mentioned O'Brien at the beginning of the episode, was the most important person in Star Trek. I love that. He gets a little nod. And did you see the Borg kid in the classroom, like in the future, in like the 2260s? There's a Borg kid in class. What was that? <laughs> um, this is my total nerd out moment. Um, because 
does that mean the Borg are like part of the Federation now? Or does that mean like this child is going through like coming back to being human? And I mean, it was dressed like full on Borg. It wasn't like seven of nine and she has like ocular implants and you can see him. No, it was like full Borg, a hundred percent stepped off the cube thing. So that threw me for a loop, but I did like the little Easter egg there. Um, and I know they're not trying to say anything or build this lore or history or they're just having some fun. Like, Hey Bill, throw a board kick in there. I'm like, okay, let's draw. <laughs> so, um, and it was like, this will piss people off. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so I, I thought that was really great, but again, every week it's getting better. So they need to fix that directional issue they're having in my personal opinion. And again, I'm just your humble doctor of the lithium here, not a writer or Hollywood man. I'm a simple man, a simple kind of man. So we're going to go on to the last episode of our review. Um, and that's the episode four of moist vessel. And this is the episode about like the, multi-generational ship and Starfleet is towing it. And to me, this is the best episode ever of the show. Um, simply because you get to see more Freeman and Mariner and that mother daughter, mother daughter relationship, which I thought is a great thing to flesh out. It's a great thing to expand upon and it will add maybe some heart and and some depth to this kind of comedy show. Also the, Tindy and the inner piece like subplot freaking hilarious. I love that. Um, she was just wanting him to like her and, and he was like, it was my thing. And I didn't want, I wanted to stand out, which I totally get. Like, um, there's this old adage that we had working corporate corporate world. You always have to have a thing. You're the, you're the donut guy or the, you're the fantasy football guy or you're the March madness bracket guy. So everybody has their thing. And, that's exactly what reminded me. He wanted the dude wanted to be like the self enlightened guy. And I thought it was freaking hilarious when he's like, he's like, it's a bag of a koala. And it's like, yeah, it's just not, not what you expected. And beautifully done. When I say it, I think they've solved the issue of being kitty versus immature. And now I think they're just being immature and funny. And so they quickly solved it. Now let's see if that holds up in the later episodes but in this one, it's solved, in my opinion. And I love like the little like Easter eggs, like, oh, there's executive poker. Um, Boimer mentions Moriarty. And I was like, I love how this has become like, if Moriarty has really become like a legend in the holodeck world and in Starfleet. And I just want to say, okay, so talking about the holodecks and now, and Mariner had to like clean out the holodeck. She's like, people do that in here? And to me, I know I listened to some other reviews and people were like, really like, oh, that's disgusting. And how could Starfleet, Starfleet people do that? And it's like, look, like Quark whole thing on DS9 was writing these sexual hollow suites. So the fact that people poop in hollow suites, not crazy. Like I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like whatever. Like it's not that shocking. Maybe people didn't watch a DS9 or maybe they watched it when they were a kid and they couldn't, all the jokes went over their head. But yeah, I mean, if you're, in, yeah, if you're in the holodeck for like two day camping trip, like you gotta do what you gotta do and somebody's cleaning it. Wow. Top 10 things I never thought I would say. I really love seeing the mother daughter relationship kind of expand a little bit. I love the comedy with Mariner and, and working up the ranks 
and being promoted and then suffering and hating it. And she just wants to be a lower deck person. And I think that is great because it adds more depth to her. And we're going to see how that's eventually probably going to change throughout the course of the series. Eventually she's going to be promoted and she'll want to succeed in Starfleet and not just kind of be this troublemaker rebel rouser. So, but however, I will say she is the star of the show, in my opinion, um, the voice actress, everything. It's totally off the wall. Very impressed with her, very impressed with the writing for her and super curious to see how if they're going to flesh her out or they're going to bring in that supporting cast to help her. Anyway, um, I think we're running a little bit late, but that's okay. Hey, we're going to be back. It's OPP, baby. <laughs> I swear, I'm going to probably leave all this stuff in. Anyway, I just want to say that's been the review. We're going to cover episode five and episode six um, next week when episode six comes out so we can talk about two episodes at a time. A little bit more girth, a little bit meat and potatoes. I don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste your time. Anyway, um, so that has been the news and reviews. Captain's Log Supplemental. Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in today. Um, It's been great to be back behind the mic. And again, um, feel free to reach out to us. We're doing a lot on Instagram at Omega Particle Podcast and on Twitter at Omega Particle underscore. This is my second plug of the day. Again, feel free to reach out. I always have my phone handy and I love talking with you guys. And I know there have been a lot of people asking for guest spots and communicating through that. I'm going through all of them and I'm talking with you guys. So if you have a request out there, don't worry. I am getting them. It's just, I'm busy, bro. I'm busy. (laughs) Anyway, um, I just want to say thank you guys so much. And I'm excited for um, the next Klingon episode that's coming up. And then this also round table of Trekkies that we're going to do next week or next few weeks. Some of my family members. So always remember, guys, second star of the right, straight on until morning.